retro anime. How did we find it? How does it hold up? Unpacking the ins and outs of being an old school nerd, and proving that 80s kids can't remember a damn thing right. These are the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd. Welcome to Mindless Midlife Musings of the Anime Nerd. I'm Rick, and I'm joined by the rest of our panel, Vic, Brian, and Lynette. How's it going, everyone? What a day! Well, today we take a look at another post-apocalyptic sci-fi world as we emigrate to Olympus with Dunin and Briarios in Masamunashiro's Appleseed. Appleseed is a Japanese cyberpunk-style OVA adaptation of the manga of the same name, created by Masamunashiro. The anime takes place in a non-determined post-World War III future. Uh, the anime was produced by Gainax uh, in 1988, and apparently, I, I can't say for sure, but apparently it departs greatly from the manga storyline. I never read the manga. I won't intend on picking it up anytime soon, so we're just going with what we got. <laughs> I'm not going to try and hold that against it. It was originally re uh, released by U.S. Renditions. This right probably a year after it came out i'm guessing it that's the version i saw originally yes and then manga entertainment released it re-released it like a few years later and they chose to do a dub uh, with their release which i i think i can only describe as maddening and i never i never saw it before i started so for this view for this re this rewatch i started it in english got really frustrated and then switched it over to japanese <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it's just it is I don't know, it's a thing. Uh so this is a uh it's the sophomore outing for uh Masamune Shiro. I believe it's a sophomore outing cuz after this he did uh, Dominion Tank Police and then he he got back around to Ghost in the Shell. And uh it's so, Where is it in line with Black Magic? Black Magic is first. Yeah, Black Magic is the freshman, his freshman year. And then uh he did Appleseed uh as a sophomore outing. And then there was more Appleseed. So he did he did uh, this one. Or I'm sorry. He did Black Magic, and then he did Appleseed. Then he did like Dominion Tank Police, and then he did more Appleseed. And eventually he got around to doing the Ghost in the Shell manga. So exactly, do we know whether or not he ever uh, received therapy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is unknown at this time if if Shiro has ever on <laughs> therapy. I don't know. It, it seems is. like he has major trust issues with our tech. I, it, it does. It does. You know, it's it's kind of funny because a lot of there's this. I'm not making the correlation myself, but I've heard people make the correlation before, and then I, for the most part, agree with it. Is that Americans in the West we we fear technology, and Japan and the East they more embrace the advancements of technology. That's kind of an ironic statement. We're talking about countries still uses fax machines. But when it comes to robots, like they're into it. And over here, we're like, nah, kill Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like we're not, <laughs> we're not having that. So that that's a, that's a wonderful jumping off point. You know, it's like, I'm going to draw the thing I'm most terrified of. <laughs> and, you know, he, he does, again, wonderful, wonderful imagery. In this one, um, I think he does a great job of blending current technology as well as futuristic tech, except for bunny ears. Don't be hating on Briarios, all right? <laughs> Love bunny ears. He's got a reasoning for it. What is the reasoning for it, Vic? Okay, so this was just a quick, quick dive. I didn't deep dive into it. But apparently, uh, he, him and Dunin were a thing before the series even became a thing. And he survived the bombing just barely, okay. which is why he's in a full suit. It's like, I think they mentioned that he, it's, been, it's been a while since, you know, we've delayed this episode. But if I remember correctly, I think it was something like they managed to save the brain. That's the extent of it. <laughs> he's like, he's basically Alita, right? The only yeah. thing left is his very human brain and then everything else is, is robot. Correct. Wait, you know, I think the coolest thing they did with him was I'm a cybernetic giant. But I just like Hugh Hefner when I'm winding down. Yeah, he's at home. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Just because you got a robot body doesn't mean your style changes, you know? Uh <laughs> you can still expect, you know, the late 70s, early 80s style of life. And the bunny ears establish trust. How many people will come to him and tell him anything he wants to know? 
Because he's got the bunny ears. All he's got to do would. is tilt his head and like twitch one of his yeah. little bunny ear thing, and everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, you're adorable. <laughs> you're you're eight feet head. tall I'm and sure can kill me." The fact that he weighs <laughs> God knows how many tons, and <laughs> you know he's like really tall. That you know they're willing to tell him anything he wants until you see that the bunny ears have eyes. Well, there I see. You know what's what's funny is all right. So right off the bat, the first thing anybody who's never seen Appleseed sits down to watch Appleseed, one of the first correlations they're going to make is to Chappie, if you ever saw that movie. Right. Mm -hmm. And and Neil Blomkamp, the director, creator of that film, he credits Briarios uh, with that idea. Like, Mm -hmm. that was his inspiration for giving Chappie the bunny ears thing. And your first impulse is, those are his ears, right? Because that's what we, they look like bunny ears. I mean, they don't necessarily say those are definitely his ears. It isn't until, I think, the last... 10 minutes of the anime that you go, oh, fuck, those are his ears. He does use them mm-hmm. ears uh, later in the anime. So, But the whole time, it could have been freaking like, sonar. It could have been like extra guns. Like It could have been anything. And they, oh, he's got the cameras. He's also got you know, sensors in them. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. The first thing you see him do, one of the first things you see him do is take the ear and have a camera and it picks around the corner. <laughs> Which is cool as shit. <laughs> that is like the best thing oh see i'm telling you every time he came every time briarios came on i was like bunny ears i'm done i don't need to watch anybody else this so this cool. is this is um this is the first of many appleseed movies there have been many this is the only one that falls within our criteria for review uh the next one out was in 2004 uh, and then 2007 had another one. 2011 had another. 2014 had another one. There's been, been several of these. This is the only one that was traditionally animated. Every other Appleseed has been uh, CG animation kind of thing. Yeah, he, that goes to the show, so he, he went ham. Yeah, and, and all subsequent Appleseed films, with the exception of the, the series titled Appleseed 13, were all directed by Shinji Aramaki of Mosbita fame. Yes. Uh, which is a fun... Great mechanical uh, artist. Yeah, which is a fun little uh, tidbit there for you. A little mindless musing, as it were. Now, this is the only traditionally animated one. Uh, so it holds a place in my heart, because that's how I roll. There's one mixture with a traditionally am- animated versus CGI. Right, versus CGI. And, and I mean, it's it's not discount the quality of the, the following films. Some of them were, were brilliant. It's just that, you know, I, I'm an animation snob, and for me... People doing doing that by hand, it's, it's where it's at. But to jump into the story a little bit, it starts out with Flea. Flea? Could not fly. Flea could not fly. Flea could not fly. And it's sad because, so this um, this whole thing takes place in a fictional, fictional city of the experimental city of Olympus. And there's a lot of references to deities. Flea being one of them, you know, the LR juxtaposition that happens with Japanese translations. Uh, she's obviously a reference to Freya, Norse goddess. And uh, and she obviously takes a swan dive. And you, I mean, for me, like that happens because, you know, it's just like any other 80s film. It's like, all right, well, somebody killed themselves. That's some shit. It takes a very long time for that story to pay off. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yes. And what's funny about the, you know, besides Olympus and Flea, it's like Briarius, his name is actually based off a character named Briarius, uh, one of the Hecantonchides. I can't pronounce that yeah. word. The 100 oh, the 100 on Giants, it's Greek mythology. Yeah. There's a ton of this stuff, right? There's Olympus is the city. Uh, Dunan is another character whose name is derived from another. Uh, Gaia is the computer system, which is a reference to a different type of. And uh, Charon. Charon is one of the characters in the story who is the ferryman to, to the underworld. So there's a lot of references in the titles, in the names. Lots and lots. Yeah, to mythologies of, of past. Tartarus was the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Tartarus, the city of Tartarus. So it's really, really interesting... Um, choice i kind of appreciated it because it was kind of it was almost like a little fun nod since i was a little bit of a mythology geek back in the day but here we are it's post-world war three uh freya Flea is taking a dive and uh omni consumer products i mean uh general management control office was formed to rebuild the world they developed this experimental city of olympus 
And at this point, the, the opening crawl is happening, and they introduced the concept of biodroids. Initially, I was like, okay, so biodroids are cyborgs. But they're not. They're not cyborgs. They're androids. So biodroids are androids. Like, think Vision. <laughs> then and there's people like Briarios who are cyborgs, like Alita or Robocop. <laughs> then there's humans. Unless you're Briarios and you still consider yourself human, even though you're a cyborg, we've already established you don't have to be human to be humane right it's it's kind of this interesting dynamic uh and i don't know if it's intentional because I, I never read the manga but there's a lot of like racial undertones to be had here i really wish they would have played with a little more there's some definite under, undertones uh regarding immigration and, mm -hmm. and othering and things like you know mistreatment of immigrants and in human rights and all that and i loved all that I really did it's I think my biggest problem with this was uh, it seemed to have a hard time finding which narrative it wanted to stick with. I just think it was probably lack of time. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, no doubt. I mean, it, this definitely feels like stage two in Shiro's evolution as a storyteller. Black Magic's his freshman year, and then uh, Appleseed's a sophomore outing, and then he's trying to tell a deeper story about what it means to be human, what it means to be free. But it's, it's messier than Ghost in the Shell is, I think, what I'm trying to get at. Ghost of yes. the Shell is kind of like his magnum opus, and then this is like he hadn't quite fleshed it out. This his one. second draft. That's we what did, it is. Yeah, that. There you go. Second he draft. Had, he had, uh, did a regular motive board and role played this out yet? Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know, it's something about when you when you listen to uh, Callan, right? And mm -hmm. Callan's talking to that. Uh, D.W. and uh, how do you say her name? Dunan. Dunan. Her. Sure. Right. You can call her blonde. You can call her blondie. <laughs> I'll make your life easier. Call her blondie. <laughs> blondie. I, I actually feel better about that. I feel better about myself. There you go. So go with it. when Callan's talking to Blondie, Ambrose at the cemetery, right? And he's mm -hmm. basically talking about how. Uh, Freya. F Freya. Let's say Freya. It, it's Freya. Flea. It's Flea in the translation. It's Flea in the dub. And the reason they did that is because it's written as fucking Flea. <laughs> Things so, like they had to lean into it. They didn't. So, any, but it's Freya. So, Flea, and he's talking about why she killed herself or why, you know, I'm saying why she killed herself. If I was there, I'm like, you know, you. You kind of sound like a, a, a terrorist that we just <laughs> <laughs> like low key. This sounds real terroristy. I'm just saying, <laughs> not just terroristy. I mean, you like I could have sworn I just heard what these people said, you know. And there's that trope that comes back to where some one of the protagonists or even the uh, the you know somebody who's supposed to be good start speaking the thoughts of the antagonist. Somebody who's really, who's the perfect example of this is Global from Super Dimensional Fortress Macross, right? Whenever something was happening, and like, you remember when we were talking about the guy with the worst mustache ever? It's coming to talk to him, and he's telling them something, and his deep inside thought is saying what they really mean to that. You know, he gives you the, right. the skills yeah. of what they're trying to you know what you're trying to say it's like a reverse exposition it's like you're you're uh showing your hand before the story's giving you a chance or something yeah it's kind of like them saying hey they may be too stupid to figure out what we're trying to say so we're going to have the good guy who we have already instilled trust in kind of tell them what we mean it is it, it, it's, it's just interesting how they do that i agree i do i agree and We'll say that I'm I'm a little harsher on Dunan and Briarios with the trust thing, just because like oh no man, Dunan wants to transfer to special investigations to and I quote find that bastard and kill him. Sweetie, I don't I don't think you know how police work is supposed to go. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> just sounds more like an assassin, <laughs> right? Like I mean, it's just it's called investigations. Like that's it's in the name. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Investigations, murder, all the same. Fine. They did it first. So <laughs> <I think> <laughs> they did it first. 
They started it. Are, are yeah, you they really? Have we have we narrowed it down to the stop touching me? He's on right. my side. Right. <laughs> There's this line early on. I think it's in the. I don't know, remember if it's in the crawl or if it was but said by a character. Something about underestimating the eternal human desire for absolute freedom. And that line didn't mean as much to me at the beginning as it did by the end. By the end, they, it, it had a lot more weight to me, and I kind of understood it more. Um, but as the story plays out, you, you find out that the entire city is run by androids, by bioroids. Like, they, they're in charge of everything. And the only humans in the city are people who've been permitted to immigrate to the city. And, and you, find out, you find this out as they're throwing a party for Hitomi, they're they're uh, I don't know, social worker, immigration officer. I, that's the best thing I can come Your up friend? with for her. They they're all her friends because they she helped them get in. It took me way longer to realize that she was an android as well than it should have. Um, I should have put two and two together sooner, but what can I tell you? I did you I didn't like android at all. Right? No, she was great because she was drunk off her ass. It was really right, funny. Right, right. Like, like she didn't. I don't think I watched it. I, I caught on to that until the second part, second time I watched it. And I was like, yeah. "Hold on, why do they want her? It doesn't make sense." Yeah, like, why? What? What is this social worker gonna help? Gonna do? And then you start to kind of okay. So, I gotta take a beat here and talk about uh, the dub for this. I mentioned earlier that it was uh, uh, not great. It's really bad. Like it's really bad. I don't know what. You, what did you watch it dubbed or subbed? Dubbed. Dubbed. And I assume you watched it dubbed. I'm dubbed. Okay. I, I am 100 subbed. So. So I started it, and then the technician called Briarios bully, the dub. And I realized that Dunan immediately after he comes to talk to her, and he calls her. He, she calls him Bullieros, and. Figured it out. What it was is this was because they literally translated it from the Japanese pronunciation, which is like Briariosu. So yep. they call him Bulliaros. Like that's that's unbearable for me. I couldn't. It would drove me crazy. It is terrible. And manga did this whole thing. I, I hated. They did this to Street Fighter Two, the anime when we watched it, and I hated. They did it to this too. Manga had a history of doing this. They did the whole. Let's add swearing to make this edgier. Yeah. And, and then they, they changed entire segments of dialogue. So entire segments of dialogue were changed. This is a scene where uh, Briarios is hooked up to the machine and they're pulling all the footage from the arrest that they did in the beginning. And he's talking to the technician and then he goes to talk to Dunin, who's typing away on her laptop computer thing, her immensely huge CRT-based futuristic computer. And they're talking about Tommy and they're talking about her party and how they're going to go go to that in the dub he's bitching and swearing up a storm about this uh, AJ Sebastian terrorist thing and and it was very disjointed for me because I I kind of like sometimes I'll watch it in English with the subtitles on sometimes I'll watch it in Japanese so at that point I was watching in English with the subtitles on I'm like wow they have fucking deviated immensely so that's the problem that's the difference between translating and localization yeah mm -hmm. and actually Absolutely. that's a huge thing like online right now it's like do you do you do it accurately where you may lose some people you do however the heck you want it however the heck they wanted yeah back then it was pretty much we're localizing it it's you know they figured that we couldn't handle it so it bugged me he did have bunny ears did. He's a very, he had he was very cuddly looking. Very, so very had to cuddly. Make him, what? In a robotic way. Cuddly <laughs> robotic one ton way. robot. You know, he's got like the cute ears and he's cuteness overload with the ears. So they were like, we got to make him tough. So yeah, it was at this point that I, I switched it off to, to Japanese because I was like, wow, they're just, mm -hmm. they give no fucks. I'm going to just switch this over. And so at that point, I switched sure. over. Uh, they did that. You know, he, like she said, she was cute. So we had to t turn them from the the jack o' lantern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the right. Jack -o they turned it jack o' lantern. It was either going to be that or the triple cabra. So I didn't know which one was more. <laughs> Ooh, quick mid episode update. What's up? Briario says twenty five percent of his body is still human. Oh. 
Oh, well, uh, good. That's important to note because later on I have a comment about that. <laughs> it's it's oh, relevant. No. To... Oh, to... No, it's relevant to what happens on screen. So, okay. <laughs> film it. It felt like it was trying to tell a lot of different stories, it, like it, it, what it meant to be human, uh, about immigration and xenophobia, about the illusion of a, of a utopia, um, police militarization. Like mm-hmm. there is a fuck ton of that, and he touches on that again in Dominion Tank Police, the militarization of the police force. This hardcore militarization of the police. The SWAT team in this is basically the fucking Green Berets. <laughs> it's insane. No, no, I, I. Tactical speaking, tactics wise, I will say, I will say, there was a clean ass sniper shot. <laughs> clean ass sniper shot. The first one when when he's about to talk to somebody, it boom. Yeah. But I don't really see it, and I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm used to that type of of of. Uh, it's not atmosphere. It's not those type of of of, of mechanics or. Just a little closer to it than we are. Yeah, I I guess I'm closer to it. But honestly speaking, they could have went a lot further. You know? Oh, yeah. Don't don't wait till we cover tank police. (laughs) You know, but there are tactics like that. You do see that your law enforcement do spend time coming up with that. I didn't think it was as militaristic as it could. Maybe based upon the time being the 90s, possibly. And I think that's yeah. probably my problem. I think that's where it is. Based upon the night. Now, now they now they're tame compared to, to right. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't know. It was it it's uh, to me it there was an alarm. I, I get that it's future tech. And it would I wouldn't have even noticed it if it hadn't been for watching all of Shiro's portfolio. Having seen like Magic M sixty six, which showed a more traditional, like, you know, it was a military story. Than watching this one where they're supposed to be police, and it certainly felt more like the army, than watching like tank police, which is I want to say like a comedic push into that. They literally have fucking tanks and they're cops. And then there's you know, you go into Ghost in the Shell where it's just like a next level. Even then they're under budget, it like, if I remember correctly. <laughs> like it's it's a difference between say military uh say police one level then you have military the next level and then you have agency you know what I'm saying where yeah. agency brings into counter counterintelligence and terrorism and and just tactics of, of stuff um I could see that no it's it it was just the vibe I got and it, it's I yeah it's yeah as I will say they brought out the heavy hitters pretty quick I mean those guys that broke through the door, they they met with a, a nice machine gun behind a desk. That was fucking you know? funny. I laughed was, my ass off. The they best. kicked the door in, and there's a dude like <laughs> on the ground with a fucking machine. Like there's a, they just yes. that shit had me rolling. But but yeah, <laughs> I saw that they they come out pretty heavy. Like they had people in armored suits that I think were androids. They had like armored vehicles. Here's my question on that to everybody. But I don't think it was extreme. I think it was just like the standard. Okay, but Olympus is a utopian city created by bioroids, androids, run by androids. And they're packing heavy heat. (laughs) Populated by, I think if I remember correctly, 80% of the residents in the city are androids. They're conditioned to live in Olympus without aggression, without anger towards humans, Without any of this shit, they still needed a SWAT team. They still needed... This is supposed to be a utopian city that's 20% human. And they still needed massive militaristic SWAT team to handle shit. You know, as you are just relaying, just, just, we would need that many people. We would need an 80% workforce just to handle 20% of the population. Hey, yeah, humanity sucks. Think about it. <laughs> That's why I said this film, like, it wants to answer things or wants to have a conversation about things, but I don't think Shiro was ready to have it. Like, he touched on things a little bit here and a little bit there, and I'm like, dude, you could have done a whole anime just about this, and a whole other one just about this. It felt like 
he threw a bunch of concepts in a blender. You know, but you know the thing about it is, if you if you really think about it, the things he was trying to say have actually played out in in some of the greatest sci-fi trilogies ever. Like the the whole concept of a program running sewer and water, something like that, that was basically brought out into the Matrix. The floating multi-legged uh, robot. I, I mean, I first when I first that saw a that, giant I was like, yeah. When I first saw that, I was like, "Hey, that's the thing that plucks the people from the <laughs> plants." Like, no, but that's also like that, that is literally a giant spider tank. Yeah, they're fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So this. So yeah, I don't know. It just it was one of those things. I'll I'll keep going. I apologize for the. Uh, this has a lot oh. of that future retro tech which is always fun you know it's like oh we're we're working on the computer and the computer's a crt and it's like in this the terminal the terminals or the yeah <laughs> so there's a lot of that really fun everybody still has like uh, landlines that was kind of fun uh english late 70s early 80s like uh design sense yeah. english was off on this a bunch that was a lot of fun the uh, alert lump post tv television station and the alert m o t e r the Alun Pus Police Department. Yes. <laughs> and then they, and then they mis- misspelled Christopher on the 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 cop that died. They misspelled his name on his own tombstone. That was sad. Yeah. <laughs> they couldn't afford the L. They didn't know about that. They didn't know about that. <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't afford the extra letters. They're like, man, they charge by the letter. I don't know. Uh, so. Not going to see this. <laughs> But I mean, it's so yeah, it's a lot of that kind of fun stuff. But when you talk about this this utopian concept, and you still like you still need a, a heavily armed military police force, and you're like, oh, sweetie, I just I don't think you know what utopias are supposed to be. I did like that in this utopia, you can own a power suit. Apparently, right. Dunan has one, and and she. Uh, but I I like that little the little dig that he made at uh, she got it with a loan. Of course, like she was buying a car. I'm like, oh, I, you know, I need a power suit. I'm gonna head down to the bank, get myself a loan. <laughs> and the bank was like, sure, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you're on SWAT, sure. <laughs> you know, like you know, cops are allowed to have, you know, they're allowed to use, you know, personal firearms at times, depending right. on the department. Why can't they have their own little personal power armor? Do you want to use Amazon Prime for this? He went, he went to the local Walmart, right? <laughs> Get that. Can I get prime shipping with my power suit? Power suit dropped off at your front door in two days flat. Oh my god! So they this they did this thing in the in the dialogue uh, again. This was uh, something I found out later on my second attempt to watch through it. Athena, another Greek god, is the the ginger, the redhead who's running the show. Uh, I don't find out her name till way later than I should have. But uh, her hologram calls in Dunin and Briarios. Which is a whole other fucking thing. It's just before I get into that, Athena decides she's going to use immigrants who are on the police force because they could be easily manipulated to accomplish her goals. She brings them in and she wants them to arrest uh, AJ Sebastian, villain. Arrest, kill him. Ah, there you go. So in the Japanese dialogue, she very clearly says, you need to arrest him and this needs to be clean. And then in the mm-hmm. English, she flat out says he is not to be arrested. <laughs> like you need to kill him. There's a dramatically different level of police work that is being requested. Hey, you know, show, movies like Lethal Weapon were a big thing at that time. So it validated Blondie because that's what she wanted to do. <laughs> no. Anyway, there was a lot of there was a lot of that weird kind of shit. It really bugged me. There's a line that Dunin says in the in the dub that I was like, what is this fucking thing? He says, it really gets on my tits that she wouldn't see us face to face. Swear to God, Lynette, that's the line. In the, <laughs> my tits? in the Japanese version, she just says, too good to talk to dir- uh, directly to us humans, huh? I don't know. The English version, it really gets on her tits. So <laughs> there's your new euphemism for you to use whenever something's bugging you. <laughs> Imagine her. You know, if you play that out, oh no, man! Is she over there with a washcloth trying to dab it off? (laughs) (laughs) Can you give me some uh, club soda, please? I gotta eat this off my (laughs) tent. Like I foresee many people being sent to HR. 
<laughs> I, I really, I so about that moment, besides the dub being fuck them, is that it's kind of an interesting take uh, or an interesting moment for Dunin because it shows that she still thinks of Briarios as human. Like she's still, he's human. There's only apparently 20% of him in there. To her, the whole, like he's still human. That's, I, I liked that. I thought that was really cool. It was nice that she doesn't see him as different because of the technology that is keeping him alive. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. But again, not something they touched on more. They really should, they could have delved into that. Because again, I, I think many, we really need to take some time now and uh, hypothesize about what, which part of his body is still 25%. I don't want right. to know. All right, no, no, I'm, I'm going to tell you because I'll skip ahead to my note for this. So there's this big action set piece in the end. I will get there. But there's a point where they're in a hallway and they're, they're running through from lasers. And Briarios takes a hit, his kneecap, and he drops like a sack of potatoes. I'm like, are you, f-? and there's blood. And I'm like, motherfucker, are you kidding me? Of all the parts that you kept, you kept your fucking kneecaps? If you're a robot, the joints are the first thing you replace. That's the shit that goes bad first. Why would you keep those? Like that, I just four knees, like, and you seen them jump like leg. from like high areas. That and everything. Motherfucker weighs seventeen tons, and he's got human kneecaps that can be blown <laughs> away. That's some bullshit. I'm sorry. I was like, what? What just happened? They took him out with a knee shot. He's a fucking. He's RoboCop with bunny ears, and they took out his kneecap. That I threw my hands in the air at that point. That was the note I had. That's what I wanted to talk about because I couldn't believe. So apparently it's just his brain and his fucking knees. That's, that's all that's left of him. Well, I mean, they hint the other stuff too because the other guys talk to him about dating. So all right. they don't that's say it outright. They do hint to well, him well, about, come on. like, have you seen dated? You... You've gone out, blah, 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 blah. So brain, the second head. <laughs> brain, so... second brain and knees. So, so that's that's what we're going with. Briarios's anatomy is brain, cock, and knees. Like that's that's what we got. Kind of like head, knees, and toes, but not exactly. <laughs> All right, we'll put you that out what? to the internet. You can let us know what your what your breakdown and his, his percentages is. Well, you know when I when I when I think about this, and whenever we're talking about somebody who's a cyborg, right? I, I immediately think about the the greatest cyborg ever, Darth Vader, right? Sure. And I love that when you look at episode three, you try you finally see the trans the, the transformation mm-hmm. from Anakin to Vader, right? right. I would have loved to have seen what they went through to do, especially and he's done this before. Like when he did the opening scene for Ghost of the Shell, mm-hmm. you know, he did this before where you saw how she was made and you know, stuff like that. That would have been a killer title scene to see so, exactly. Yeah. But this is a second mm-hmm. draft, so he didn't realize how cool that would be until. How important it would have been until he got draft. there. Yeah. Now, yeah. As, we're, as we're making this statement, we have actually seen something like that play out again the, the remake of Robocop. When they show you exactly how much is Robo and how much is Cop. <laughs> yeah, that was impressive. That um, was impressive. I, I, for what it's worth, I actually rewatched RoboCop, and it's sort of just in tune with what we're doing here. Rewatched that new, newer RoboCop film, which I hated the first time I watched it. And I realized why I hated it was because I was expecting 1980s RoboCop. Yeah, and when I and when I came into it and I watched it for what it was, it's really, really good movie that talks a lot about about what it means to be human, which is kind of yeah. cool. Like I, it was, I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more this time around. I enjoyed it in my first watch view of it. Couldn't I couldn't detach myself from the original. That that's the hard part. Yeah. Yes. So it, it was, but anyway, I know I don't want to deviate into that, but it 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 is relevant because Brian, you did bring it up. It is relevant in the. How much of him is human aspect of it. And I I, I am curious. Now, there have been other anime, like we've discussed. There have been follow-up films. And there are some films that sort of touch on what happened to Briarios uh, early on, but never to the degree that, that I've seen, never to the degree that you're asking for. I would love to see that too. Like a, a schematic or some kind of breakdown that's like, here's human, here's meat, 
Here's a machine. Here's a little bit more meat. It would be interesting. Can I ask another question? Can I ask another question? Yeah, yeah, go for it. So here we are having a conversation about the androids that are running the city. Right? Yeah. Would it have been awesome to have the conversation about the systems and like, those sentient to be able to keep Briarios alive? Yeah, man. It's so... <clears throat> and again, this is... I think that has to do with the sophomore outing. There really is a um, a dialogue to be had here, right? These are fully synthetic humans, fully synthesized. Briarios gets jacked up, and they put him in a robot body. Have a fully synthesized humanoid building machine, but they had to put Briarios in RoboCop. Well, I think he came from you know from the outside to Olympus already as a robot. So, okay, as a so cyborg. you're saying he immigrated already that way yes all right cool he was he was he was version one olympus was version two and he missed like i'd be upgrading (laughs) (laughs) he missed the upgrade he didn't upgrade yet yeah (laughs) he's still paying off his original suit (laughs) you know what just like cell phones (laughs) i'm not sure if that's where you were going with it brian but that's that's what i got i'm sorry no, we just having this conversation, right? And, and and we start talking about how does it hold up now, right? Sure. Yeah. We speak about the immigration system all the time. Mm. At least we care about it, how broken it is at least once a week here, you know? Yeah. And we're constantly seeing it. But this is actually a real, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying it's not a real life, but they actually have a, they have delegated the immigration policy to an android. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To a, a series of androids. Hitomi's just one of yeah, a several series of social workers. She doesn't, and I don't think, and sorry to cut you on that, I don't even think Hitomi knows fully what she's doing, at least in this version of the story. Mm-hmm. In this version of the story, she seems like ignorant of the fact that Fina and the other bioroids are letting humans in to use them she thinks she i feel like she thinks she's doing good social work like she's trying to genuinely help people that need a place to go then and then everybody else is just like oh cool more bunnies Mm -hmm. but i don't know is that did you get a different read on that so honestly speaking she is in fact the lottery system yeah that's exactly what she is yeah she's she's the florida lotto (laughs) <laughs> or the mega millions. That means she's programmed to be positive, which means right. so her perception of it is positive. It has to be, otherwise, her she, she wouldn't be able to do her job. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I, again, is- dude, I would love a whole anime dedicated to that theme, very concept of of the immigration of it of of it all, because it is they that's probably the more the overarching reaching tone of the whole film. Definitely about that. Let's let's just you would think that after World War Three, the mandate would be we need to protect as much humanity as possible. You would think that, but that's not what it is. This is a corporation. Have you seen iRobot? They, that's how they, <laughs> they they kept them in their homes and made right. them not go anywhere because Your they production. realized that the greatest threat to humanity is humanity. So. That's why it's 80% bio-droid, android, and only 20% people. So <laughs> It's a very, very sad way to think about it, though. <laughs> but I, I, I guess where it starts to, I, uh, to fall apart for me is we are looking for just that. It doesn't feel like the humanity was ever... It doesn't even feel like it's a commodity. If anything, it feels like it's more of a virus than anything. Without a doubt. If are you talking about the way that this anime represents it, or the way that these bioroids think of them? Absolutely. Well, well. So Athena, hey, we also, said it earlier. Humanity sucks. <laughs> but Athena is also a bioroid, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, she's a bioroid. So they, man, I, I, I just keep on thinking about all the humans that are actually out there in the wasteland, just suffering and shit. Huh. Right. Well, the the I. I think that's the main question for this anime, though: is are they really suffering, or is it, it Olympus? Is the grass suffering? greener? 
Yeah. Yeah. Which which one is greener? Each one has green grass because there's piles of crap underneath the thing. It's just so a matter true. of what type of crap you're willing to to smell. The um city was built by a corporation. Mm-hmm. Let's remember that it's in the opening crawl. That's why I made the joke about Omni Consumer Products. But it is a, a, <laughs> a corporation creates this city to be a utopia. This is Amazon's concept of what utopia is. Right? It's it's they've filled it with robots. They're gonna let a couple people in, you know, through a lottery system, and and you know, honestly, they're just gonna use those people to test things. So and what you're saying is that Bezos owes uh, Masamune Shiro some money. Mm-hmm. That's basically <laughs> it. So it's it's kind of later in this anime. It takes a long time to get to this, but but Sharon's Shellen Shellen's whatever his name Sharon. I call him Sharon. The motivations become more clear, and they show a flashback to how he's treated like a second class citizen because he's a minor, he's a minority, he's an immigrant. Now his human human rights are violated after his wife commits suicide. They're like probing his brain and stealing his thoughts and all these horrible things that that happen to him. Um, he he doesn't matter because he's a second class citizen. And that's to me. That's when the immigration story really landed. It took a long time for that to set. Mm-hmm. And, and when they really showed it from that perspective, it was kind of like at that point that I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, I'm on his side now. So like everybody, it's like you get where he's coming from, <laughs> right? Like I, I felt I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm with him. I like he's he's got me. Like I'm with him on this one. Those motivations become clear, and the idea about why he's what he's doing is it makes a lot more sense. It's. Again, I, I they should they could have spent more time talking about that. They had to get to the action set piece. This is an anime. We only had like what an hour, two hours. Mm-hmm. Concept is is that you know they're, they're, this terrorist organization is going to steal Hitomi, which at this point I'm like, why her? Still like, why her? Right? And then they kind of like word salad it how they've shut down all these terminal access points, but they've got Hitomi and. And she can access a terminal to shut down Gaia. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, the social worker can shut down Gaia. The sho- the social worker can break the city. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. You've, yep, you've taken. That's what I understood too. The social worker can break the entire city. If you take her to an island in the middle of a river at a park and you plug her into the fucking statue, she can shut down the entire city. Well, it proves one thing. Robots don't know anything about infrastructure planning. Exactly. <laughs> even even bioroids can't properly plan a city. I mean, Jesus. It's not easy. Really don't think they thought that one through. It's fascinating. I, I liked, did like, uh, and again, the circles, it, it, uh, one of the many narratives are trying to tell, did like how Sharon convinces Hitomi to help him. They don't really show how he does it, but they show him start to talk to her about it. And she ultimately decides to help him, proving me that she's probably more human than anyone in the whole fucking city. Because she hears his plight and she gets it. And she's like, oh my God, you're right. We suck. We have to shut this down. So it was it was kind of cool. I Again, it's didn't get the time it deserved. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, it feels like this could have been like two or three movies just for this specific story mm-hmm. yeah it really does she went against her programming really because yeah, she like, was supposed yeah. to bring people into utopia and then after talking with him she was like shut it down shut it all down yeah, and... she's like fuck it shut it all down it, and there's a there's a level of sentience there to be discussed right? because they're mm-hmm. all programmed to not be aggressive and they're programmed not to be angry but that movement that moment of the pure humanity pure empathy from this bioroid is going to lead to human casualties so you want to Isaac Asimov that shit to define her programming out of pure empathy was still going to lead to defying her programming more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, it was, it was kind of profound. It made me really respect to tell me a little bit. And then, then these fuckers, they went and they flipped it around and they made it stupid. <laughs> Reduced to empathy to a girl being horny. I was like, you can't, why would you do that? literally after all the shit goes down and they're sitting down with Hitomi and they're having the little Scooby-Doo laugh at the end of the thing, making fun of her because they said she was, they basically accused her of helping him because he was cute. And, and that was it. I'm like, dude, you've just reduced this girl who's more human than all y'all to, to to a a horny joke. 
it was pissed me off. It was uh, yeah, and, and they did that. He did that, yeah. yeah. Dunin and Briarios were making fun of her for being more fucking <laughs> human than they are. Shiro. Masamune Shiro. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, yeah. he did that. I don't. I mean, okay. Look, so I don't know, right? This it's based on the manga. Does that mean this happened in the manga? I don't know. I have a feeling it didn't because it feels very out of character. It feels like he was telling a whole different story. Yeah, I feel like an editor or a PR person went, oh, you're a bit heavy here. We don't want to have that heaviness coming in. Got to lighten it up a bit. Because yeah. <clears throat> you notice that same type of translation about humanity and empathy really gets blasted in your face when he goes to Ghost in the Shell. It was yeah. like... Yeah. When it ended that way, I was like, oh, prequel, prequel. I sent prequel. <laughs> <laughs> and then they they destroyed it with that comment. Dude, I was like, they eh, shot uh, that shit down. They kneecapped it like Briarios. So <laughs> overall, I mean, overall, Sharon was right. You know, this whole argument, he was right. The humans aren't immigrated to Olympus out of empathy or human rights. They, but out of a desire to experiment on them, to treat them like guinea pigs. And Athena basically said as much, flat out right. So this move, this moment by Hitomi, this this ultimate, you know, showing of empathy and and, and understanding from Bioroid being reduced to a dick joke was really frustrating for me. But the irony is, it was done by a human. <laughs> Which again, that's yes, right. Right. So, like, the irony is is she got shamed for having feelings, having girly feelings by a human. Yeah, because Dunin's a fucking idiot. It's like, how dare you feel? And she doesn't respect his homie at all. Like, clearly. I have not. Once again, he, once again, he is having an existential crisis. (laughs) We altering your perceptions, Brian. We have a department to fix that. I knew it. That's what I'm Ah, man, I don't. So it it's so much to be said about Appleseed. Now, there's so much to be said about Appleseed as a whole. That's a very good segue to my my next question for you. Go ahead. Um, are we going to do the naming? Dude, we have to because I don't know what the fuck Appleseed means. Does anybody? Same. Nope. All right. I never looked into it. Okay, go ahead, Brian. What? What you got one? I do, and it's about to fuck you up. All right, go ahead. The apple is by far one of the most, especially when we're talking about one of the most famous fruits of ever. Would you agree with that statement? Without a doubt, sure. It is definitely the best of fruits, especially in pie form. Some people say the apple is probably the perfect fruit. However, the apple seed is actually poisonous. Well done. In large amounts, yes. Well done, sir. And that's what we're talking about in regards to right now. God damn it, Brian, you made perfect sense. That's <laughs> really, really actually very good. <laughs> Props. <laughs> well done. Well done. Mm. So for this one, I actually think apple seed fits. You do. You think it's appropriate. I went for it's some... That we just had. I, I went for some bullshit. Uh, I went for Olympus Must Fall. That was like my was my my lean in, but it's it doesn't even do it justice. Apple seed is now that you've described it, I, I can't imagine mm-hmm. it being called anything else. I, I can't even compare compete. You win, Brian. Yeah. You win. Good. Yeah. That was good. A plus. Well done. Long time listener, Mashamio Ukashi. Munishiro. Yeah. <laughs> We call him Kakashi. He's not bothered by the fact that you messed up his name. Somebody gets me. me. (laughs) Oh, man. Long time listen. Long time. Very long. He's a big fan. All right. So let's let's go ahead and wrap this up then. Uh, I don't don't know how to get into this anymore. It, It is a frustrating, interesting anime. Wants to tell four three or four different types of stories about three or four different very important subject matters that should be stories should be told about 
I don't know that any of them landed, especially when they sabotaged themselves. And I was entertained. It took a little longer to, to get there for me than I have to. It was very moved like molasses on a winter's day. That was very poor. And then I and then it picked up, and once it started really digging into a little bit more about immigration of it and the empathy and the humanity, like I was like, okay, now like, the last half I fucking loved till the very last bit where they to Tommy's character over. <laughs> but I, I do think it's worth checking out. I think that if you're a fan of Masamune Shiro, this is a good one to watch, if only because it's one of the only ones that's that's uh, hand drawn from the Appleseed franchise, uh, so it retains a little bit of Shiro's DNA and uh, his visual styling, as it were. I don't know that it's better story-wise. I, I, in fact, I'll say it outright. There, the, some of the CG ones are infinitely better uh, story-driven pieces, but it stands alone uh, as a unique experience, especially from the late 80s. Very interesting stuff. So I, I recommend that you check it out if you haven't had a chance and we didn't ruin it all for you with uh, the Hitomi thing. <laughs> sense. Uh, I'm gonna hand it over to you, Lynette. What do you What do you think about Appleseed Hat? Before you start, had you ever seen it before? Oh, you guys are giving me a lot of first animes. I'm telling you, right? That's the, it's the best. It's the best ever. I I enjoyed it. I felt like it was one of those. Um, they're dipping their toes in certain pools, right? They had different topics that they wanted to talk about. They stuck their foot in one and went, oh, that's a little too deep. Let's step back. They stuck another, They stuck their foot in another one. They said, oh, that's a hot topic. Let's go back. You know, and they, they just kept doing it. And then they found one that they're like, okay, we can go with this. And then they went, oh, that's a little dark. Let's put some humor at the end. That really wasn't humor and kind of just destroyed the whole story. But yeah. I I found that, I mean, one, I could watch it twice. That's. That's a plus for them. This telling. Um, yeah, two, I saw a lot of future movies in them, like the Robocop, Matrix, we've, you know, everything. And after watching Ghost in the Shell, I could kind of see where his thoughts were coming from. I was like, so that's how he grew into that movie. Because I don't, I honestly don't think Ghost in the Shell would have been so mind-altering if he hadn't started with these drafts and put them out there to see how they went. So definitely would recommend it if anybody's a Ghost in the Shell fan. Check it out. See how see how it was born. Because I feel like that's how it was. Yeah, you can, and, and you can really feel his evolution as a storyteller. Yeah. You watch these kind of in order. It's pretty interesting. I look, I do like the shout out to M sixty six in the yeah that's right there was a shout out to M sixty six in this <laughs> oh man uh, Brian Brian what do you uh, what do you, how do you feel about Appleseed now that we've gotten a chance to talk about it I'm about to fuck our world up again so post apocalyptic rebuilding a city turning into utopia it feels like it was a love letter to World War Two after right, the bombs. Cuts different, but I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I very much get it. And not just that, but as as Japan is by far one of the greatest places we want we, on on Earth. You, you know, well Tokyo. You know, just Japan itself. Hell, Vic, he's going to be spending uh, two months over there. I wish. I think, I think he's just <laughs> going to stay. He's going to let the visa expire and you know, thyroids so, experiment on him. I get to come home. So we look at this in just just one of the biggest um, themes that we were talking about is immigration, right? And it's very easy for us to tackle immigration from everybody coming over to America. You know, this is really putting immigration as the forefront. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. If you are immigrating into some place, you are going to be looked look down you know, based on the native people on there, regardless of whether or not they are androids, synthetic, humans, or anything. So it really, for me, as we are still having this conversation today, it stands up, you know. Um, 
I feel that as an adult, I'm able to appreciate the just the difficulties of what this man had to think about just to get this little version out. Man, I hope he took self-care because I would hate to find him on the bad side of humanity. I would hate to find it, you know. Um, I pray to God that if he ever starts his campaign to run for emperor of Japan, they they shoot him. <laughs> I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's not a, not a democracy. Um, so <laughs> I don't think I don't think they elect them that way. Uh, so would you say, Vic? Before I get to you, I'll pose a question. Do you think that uh, the specifically for the three of us uh, when we watched this originally, do you feel like this message landed? differently back when we were younger no because when we were younger we were stupid <laughs> well like for me uh, this this was a science fiction action film when i was a teenager yes and and to watch it now it hit very differently like brian you said it, the the stories the the policies on immigration and human rights violations and things like that and the xenophobia of it all like that hit me far more than any of the sci-fi action in this this time around yeah, there's and, no way we would have picked up on any of that when we were younger. I know. Well, I did. We, we weren't really, you know, to be honest, we weren't really aware of of that. You know, we never really had conversations about like dreamers and DACA. You know, right? Well, it wasn't even a thing, right? It, it, not only that, but as much of a melting pot as Miami is, you really don't understand the definition of what immigration really is. You really there just, you I so. Coming from an immigrant family, our my situation being unique in that, you know, we're Cubans. So policies were in place to allow them to immigrate from Cuba and come here and things like that. So a little different, but Cubans had the opportunity to sort of make Miami their version of Olympus, right? They kind of, you know, took over and set up shop and like, you know, Hialeah, Miami is known Cuban town. So it, it's a little, it hit, it, it's not something, well, it's not something that ever would have landed with me at that age when, when I watched it. And now having been more worldly, traveled a bit, lived in different cities and, and seen more, paid more attention to immigration policy and, and as to how it affects other Latinos, it, it hit a lot harder this time around for me, which was something that I, I didn't, I did not expect. I was like, oh, we're going to watch more robots do batshit crazy stuff. So that's why I, I liked it so much this time around is because I liked it for a completely different reason. And, 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 and I love that that's something that we're able to explore when we're doing videos like this, you know? Something that we thought would have been pretty cool at first is either going to be pretty cool for a different reason or we're going to realize that, you know what, maybe this is a topic that requires a little bit more care. Uh, the biggest examples when we started talking about hentai and just cool devices. As a kid, Cool devices would have been, oh my gosh, they're just going ham, and then you yeah. you start seeing stuff and all that. And you're like, yo, we got to be careful. And yeah. mm -hmm. I love stuff that makes me think about it's not. You need to be careful when you're addressing as you're addressing these topics. Offense is another thing that we're coming. You know, this let's say this is the age of offense, and we sure. got to be careful about what we say, you know, right. because everybody has a pearl to clutch. Right. We may think we're trying to be a joke. And right now I want to take the time to apologize about the emperor of Japan. Clearly <laughs> I, that was a joke. Don't cancel me and do not send. Yeah. Good news. Eastern Twitter isn't known for canceling people. It's just Western Twitter. So you're good. So just chalk it up to plain old uh, American ignorance, which we've got plenty of. <laughs> we got plenty to go around. <laughs> All right, Vic, uh, you can you can close this out with this. What how do, how do you feel about Appleseed now after all these years and this this coming at it again? Well, first and foremost, I just want to say I love the fact that our last show was M sixty six, which had the little Appleseed hint on the T shirt at the end, and now we're talking about Appleseed, which. Is also, I enjoyed it. Of course, just like everything else we discussed, I enjoyed it now more as a sort of grown adult as opposed to younger me in, in the 90s. 
um, the story, you understood a lot, you noticed and understood a lot more of the underlying issues that the city had, a lot of the, um, just the uh, points that it was trying to make, or not really trying to make, but slightly hinting at. Is it perfect? No. I mean, it, it like, like I said earlier, it needed probably two or three, you know, full-length movies, probably to get the story out properly. But, you know, it was an eight, it was the 80s, it was an OAV, you know, OAVs were not massively huge at that time, you know, so getting one done, the fact that the animation quality, it's like, even the animation quality, I, I think Black Magic was actually animated better. 100%. But I think Appleseed, in the long run, had a deeper story than Black Magic. Also, yeah, totally agree with you. So, overall, it's like, you can't go wrong watching Appleseed. And if you want to watch them all back to back to back, more power to you. There's a lot of apple seed out there to be had. Mm-hmm. Poison. I don't know if you're meant to do that. <laughs> no, and I know quite a bit. I joked around, you know, God knows, and I say, you know, you, you, humanity pretty much wrecks everything, but it's true. And this show, show I mean, apple seed proved that. It's like, you know, the definition of truly being free. And it's like, well, humanity wants to be able to do what we want, when we want, how we want, regardless if it's good or bad. And we have no problem resorting to violence in order to obtain that. And that then, you know, the movie, the movie showed that in action. It's like they want to be free. We have no problem, you know, shooting up places, blowing up places, stealing a giant tank. Humanity doesn't have the greatest track record to begin with, even in real life. So but overall, it's like, yeah, it's a great watch. You should watch it. Uh, this was the deep one. This was the deep one. Yeah. That there's something to be said about, and we have to, you know, consider the fact, too, that we talked about when we first watched this being so much younger and where we were uh, emotionally developed, you know, developmentally and, and whatnot. And that when Masamune Shiro did this, he probably wasn't much older than we were. Like a lot of these Japanese manga. Uh, artists and writers they they start very young but it's something to be it's it's interesting how a person who was probably roughly our age had uh i guess it's more like the outsider looking in kind of situation like you can see a shit situation when you're not stuck in it is and are able to comment on it in such an interesting way even if it didn't hit even if i didn't interpret it properly until 45 fucking years old what how old is he I was literally just, yeah. he's uh, 61. Okay, so he's, he's, you know, a little bit older by, by, a, by a factor. Yeah, he's old enough to be like a young parent of ours. I, I feel so much better hearing that. I feel part. better about that. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. I, feel, I feel a lot better about that now, actually. I think about like Aramaki, right? Like Aramaki was like 17 and he fucking makes Maspita. And I'm like, shit, how old was Shiro when he was writing this shit? This is deep. Shiro was like our anime dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot of the older stuff that we watched it was like you know it, you know it was him yeah. and so he's he's like anime papa for all right. us all right i feel i do feel a lot better about that thank you Vic. i feel a lot better <laughs> to look it up too i saw where you were going and it's like i need to know well yeah man it's just it's no, so he was he wasn't he he was our age but basically he was our babysitter <laughs> <laughs> no he's old enough to be you know young dad uh, he was, yeah, he was pushing 30 by the time we would have seen this. And if you think about it, our experiences shaped how we viewed it, so his experience shaped how he wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, He's only um, 16 years older than most of us. It's a frustratingly disjointed, underrated film that didn't, it couldn't get out of its own way. Yeah. Like, I, I, I keep on thinking about it to myself, man, 16, man, what was I thinking of when I was 16? <laughs> not, not trans- you were in high school. You were thinking about high school not, things in the 90s. transforming motorcycles. Um, <laughs> cool. Well, I mean, I think that I think we need to wrap up. And I'm pretty sure we're along on that one. It's fine. It's all good. We're good. So that's it, folks. That's going to do it for our show. So until next time, keep calm and I know. Remember that utopian super city infrastructure planning is a critically underrated industry and should really be reevaluated. That's that's what I'm giving you. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All this deep conversation. And you have don't, to don't, don't, forget, with that. don't forget. Don't forget to vote for your city planner. That's that's what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> don't worry. So, have much better outros very, later. Very important. It's critical. Important. Uh, <laughs> that and I don't know, man. Make sure your green card's legit. I don't know. There's there's so many different things to touch on with this one. All right, all right. You guys, you know, cancel your more. Olympus vacation plans. There you go. Keep calm and cancel your Olympus vacation plans. Much better. Okay. <laughs> okay. Or, or 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 fly with Flea. <laughs> fly with Flea. Keep calm and remember that an entire city was almost destroyed because an android got horny. You've just been privy to the mindless midlife musings of the anime nerd, presented by Geek Grotto. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Geek Grotto. For show notes and corrections, or for general geeky fun, you can visit our website at geek-grotto.com. If you would like to sponsor the show, you can do so on the podcast's Red Circle host site, redcircle.com slash shows slash M-M-M-A-N. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast app, please like, follow, and subscribe.